Fusion, the international science radio show. We have a bouncer and the doors of perception. The good, the bad, the ugly. It gets pretty exciting. The myths, the truths. Toxicology. Astro seismology. Magnetism. The dark side. Genetically engineered potatoes. Planetoid. Planetoid. I love that word. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Diffusion. Sit back and relax while we remember your brain with weird and wonderful science. I'm Ian Wolfe. On this edition, we take a deep dive into ancient memory systems to augment your memory. But first up, here's news of how machine learning may save your life. AI discovers three new anti-aging drugs. Researchers at Edinburgh University in Scotland, the University of Cantabria in Spain, and the Alan Turing Institute in England used a deep machine learning neural network to screen over 4,000 chemicals to find out if they could safely remove defective senescent cells from the human body. Senescent cells can't grow and replicate, but also don't die as they should, as part of a natural process known as apoptosis. Ordinarily, senescent cells are cleared from the body by our immune system. But as we age, our immune system is less effective at clearing out these cells and their number increases. They've been linked to age-related conditions such as cancer, Alzheimer's disease, inflammatory diseases, and declines in eyesight and mobility. Senescent cells put out a toxic cocktail of inflammatory chemicals, and when you get a large number of them hanging around, they start converting healthy cells into more senescent cells, accelerating the diseases of aging. So there's a push to develop senolytic drugs to flush senescent cells from the body. The neural network model training data came from academic papers and commercial patents and was integrated with compounds from two chemical libraries that contain a wide range of Federal Drug Administration approved or clinical stage compounds. The full data set included compounds with both senolytic and non-senolytic properties so as not to bias the machine learning algorithm. The AI model identified 21 potential drug candidates for testing. Experimental tests in human cells showed that three of the chemicals, called ginkotin, periplosin, and oleandrin, were able to remove senescent cells without damaging healthy cells. Oleandrin is extracted from the oleander plant and has properties similar to the drug digoxin, used to treat heart failure and certain abnormal heart rhythms. Studies have shown that oleandrin possesses anti-cancer, anti-inflammatory, anti-HIV, antimicrobial, and antioxidant properties. Oleandrin is highly toxic outside of therapeutic doses, which in humans is a very narrow window, which slows its clinical application. It hasn't been approved by regulatory agencies as a prescription drug or dietary supplement. Oleandrin was found to be more effective than the best-performing known family of senolytic drugs. Like oleandrin, ginkotin has been shown to exhibit anti-cancer, anti-inflammatory, antimicrobial, antioxidant, and neuroprotective properties. Ginkotin is extracted from the ginkgo biloba tree, the oldest living tree species whose leaves and seeds have been used in Chinese herbal medicine for thousands of years. 
A highly concentrated ginkgo biloba extract made from the tree's dried leaves is available over the counter. It's one of the best-selling herbal supplements throughout America and Europe. Periplosin is isolated from the root bark of the Chinese silk vine. Studies have shown that it can improve heart function as well as block cell growth and cause cell death in cancer cells. This work was a result of intensive collaboration between data scientists, chemists and biologists. The method has reduced the cost of screening so many compounds by hundreds of times. Using this kind of machine learning, coupled with experiments, could vastly speed up the search for new drugs, while making it much cheaper. Their paper was titled Discovery of Senolytics Using Machine Learning and was published in the journal Nature Communications. You're listening to Ian Wolfe on Diffusion Science Radio. Send emails to science at diffusionradio.com. We're brought to you across Australia on the Community Radio Network and podcast over the internet on www.diffusionradio.com. I want to think better. I want to remember. I want to create. I want to be... I know that I can be great if I just use my mind But it's hard to do sometimes I want to be able to see the beauty in everything And not just take it for granted I want to think better, I want to remember I want to create, I want to be I know that I can be great if I just use my mind But it's hard to do sometimes Have you ever been faced with the problem of having to remember something? Perhaps something you were to buy at the grocery store? Or the answer to some examination question? Or the next step in a lab experiment? Or the name of a person you wanted to introduce? Yes, it is important to be able to remember. The thing I want to find out is how to remember. Names, dates, things like that. And something about them. Names and dates and something about them. Then there are really two types of remembering. Two types? Yes. There is remembering in general, the idea of a thing. And there is remembering word for word, memorizing. Whenever you want to remember anything, you have to decide which you need to do. The lowest hanging fruit for augmenting our intelligence is to teach people the memory systems of the ancients. These memory systems are so powerful that they've lasted thousands of years and are used all over the world. Personally, my memory was damaged by ciguatera fish poisoning. I lost long-term memory, short-term memory, and my working memory was messed up. As I recovered, I started gradually recalling things from my long-term memory. When I remembered that I'd studied ancient memory systems, it was like getting an instant increase in my skills from the matrix slotted straight into my brain. I couldn't remember the personal information number to my bank account, but I could use the memory system to recreate the pin and type it in to use my money. My root memory wasn't working, I would forget anything I tried to just remember, but I could use the memory system fairly easily to get by. I believe we should be teaching these systems in school, 
alongside literacy and arithmetic. There's also the less exciting lifestyle changes you can make that will improve the way your brain works. Better nutrition, regular exercise, good sleep, regular social activities, and keeping your brain active by learning a language, an instrument, and listening to podcasts. I'll cover the high-tech futuristic technologies in a future episode. Encoding is the process of converting incoming information into a form that can be stored and retrieved by our brains. It means transforming sensory inputs into meaningful representations that the brain can process. Once encoded, the information enters the storage phase, where it's held in the brain for later retrieval. The storage phase is often divided into sensory memory, short-term or working memory, and long-term memory. Consolidation is the process by which newly acquired information is stabilised and integrated into long-term memory. It involves neural and molecular changes that strengthen the connections between neurons and promote the formation of stable memory traces. Most of it happens while we sleep. Retrieval is the process of accessing stored information and bringing it back into conscious awareness. Remembering. Retrieval can be influenced by context, cues and the strength of the memory trace. The hippocampus is a brain structure within the medial temporal lobe. It plays a crucial role in the consolidation of new memories. If it's damaged, you can't add new memories. Over time, memories become more distributed and involve multiple brain regions, including the prefrontal cortex, temporal cortex, and parietal cortex. Forgetting is a natural process and can occur due to decay over time, such as when you don't use a skill, interference from other memories, or lack of effective retrieval cues. Forgotten memories may still be present, but temporarily inaccessible. Many neurologists believe forgetting is essential for a well-functioning brain. I'm trying to improve my memory So I don't forget you I'm trying to piece together all of the things we've been through I don't want to forget a single moment I don't want to forget your face I don't want to forget the way you make me feel I'm trying to improve my memory So I can keep you close I'm trying to hang on to every moment So I never forget How much you mean to me How much you've helped me grow How much I need you in my life I'm trying to improve my memory So I don't forget you To many people the word mnemonics just means rote learning a silly phrase that spells out the first letters for the thing you really want to remember. From the order of the planets in the solar system, my very eager mother just served us nachos. Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Neptune. To the musical notes on the lines of a treble clef, every good boy deserves fruit. E-G-B-D-F. However, the world of memory systems can do way more than that. The late, great Harry Lorraine sadly passed away in April this year. 
He had a memory act on stage. As people came into the theatre, he'd greet them and ask their name. After everyone was in the theatre, he asked them all to stand, and one by one, he'd point to each person, say their name, and ask them to sit. Harry was able to name every person in the audience. He wasn't gifted with a superior memory, as some rare people are. Instead, he was trained in mnemonics, the ancient system of memory techniques. In his many books, he explained that as he met each person and was told their name, he would repeat their name, ask what they did for a living, and then in his mind, find a way to connect the features of their face and the way they were dressed, and perhaps their profession, to their name, and use their name while speaking to them, so that when he saw their face, it reminded them of their name. So when he saw their face, it reminded him of their name. This can work for anyone who has the common problem of remembering people's faces, but not their names. The main mechanism used here, and in most of the techniques, is association. While forcing yourself to remember facts or names by rote is the way most of us are taught to learn, it's not what our brains find easiest to do. Our brains are good at making associations, connections between things, and our brains love stories and silly images. Imagine you could be given a list by a friend for just a minute or so, and then be able to write the list on a board on stage at any time without looking at it. Harry Lorraine's Page a Minute Memory Book starts out teaching you this trick. You need to actually remember the first item by rote memory like they taught us at school because it will start you off. For the second item, you associate it with the first in a way that describes a silly action or image. Then you associate the third item with the second with a different silly action image, and so on to the end of the list. This means that after you're able to remember the first item by rote learning, it reminds you of the second item because of the associated silly image. The second item reminds you of the third item, and so on for any number of items. This is called the linking method. Let's say you need to remember a list of groceries. Apples, milk, and eggs. Picture a scenario in your mind where these items interact in a memorable way. For example, imagine an apple juggling cartons of milk. And then the milk is being poured all over the bread. Then the bread is laying an egg. By linking these unrelated items in a funny or outrageous mental image, you're giving your brain something unique to latch onto. So now, with practice, you could remember a list of any number of things in order from a shopping list, to a recipe, or as a list given to you by someone you want to impress, or in a stage act. I use this technique in my degree to memorise formulas. Imagine how impressed your friend would be if you could name those items in the list at any point in the list, or in any order. If you had a list of, say, 30 things, and they asked you for item 11, then 2, then 18, and you could name them and any other item, from anywhere in the list, straight away. The easy way to do this is to use the PEG system. In the PEG system, you memorise simple associations for each of the numbers from 0 to 9. 1 may be a pencil, or in some systems a tie, as it's a straight line. You have to choose one image and stick with it, or go with the system in the book you're learning from. 2 could be a pair of swans, because the numeral 2 looks a little bit like a swan. 
Or, if that doesn't work for you, the number two could be Noah's Ark, since the two looks a little bit like an N, and the animals went two by two in the story. So the number 12 could be a swan and a pencil, who you might picture finding it out in a duel. The stranger and sillier the image, the easier it is to remember. Once you have your number pegs, instead of associating each item in the list with its previous one, you associate each item with its number image. You can picture the pencil embedded in an apple. The swans are chugging milk straight from the carton down their long throats, and so on for every item in the list. Now when someone asks for item 2, you can immediately remember the swans, and then be reminded of them chugging milk from the cartons with big lumps of the milk going down their long throats. You can easily and quickly do the same for any other number. You may have seen the idea of the Memory Palace, presented on TV from Sherlock Holmes and Moriarty to British magician Darren Brown, and even the people who enter Memory Championships. They use this technique to memorise all the cards in a shuffled deck. Memorising the cards in a deck to get an edge in a gambling game of 21 is called card counting. It's banned from most casinos. The casinos try to look for evidence you're using it, but how can they read your mind? They look for behavioural cues on security cameras. Seeing as card counting doesn't actually lose the casino any money, as you win from your fellow players and not from the house, they really shouldn't care... But they really do. To use a memory palace or method of loci, you ideally have had access to a large house with many rooms when you're growing up or you're able to get to know one as an adult. If necessary, you can substitute some streets on a route you know really well, or you can create one in your imagination, as long as you always go back to the same imaginary place in your mind. Our brains evolve to remember important routes and places. The Romans credited Simonides of Sios about 2,500 years ago, but the method of loci actually goes back to early hunter-gatherer times and is found in many cultures around the world. Let's imagine we're in a wacky circus. The entrance is in the shape of a massive clown's head welcoming us into its open mouth, which is the gate, like Luna Park. Inside, we see a trapeze artist swinging from a giant banana. Then we pass the lion tamer, Who's a lion taming humans? So, in this memory palace, we can place items we need to remember at each crazy circus spot on our route. We could associate the first thing with the clown on the gate. For our shopping list, the clown has a series of apples shooting out of his mouth, knocking down passers-by. The trapeze artist is milking a cow on another trapeze as it swings towards him. By mentally walking through the palace, we can recall the items in order. It's a memorable journey. People who try to count cards at a casino or who enter memory competitions need to memorise quickly the face and order of a deck of 52 shuffled playing cards. Some people have developed memory pegs for the jacks, queens and kings and use the number pegs for the number cards with the aces of one and tie the card a number and suit to an object in the first location in their memory palace with a silly image, the second at the next location and so on for all 52 cards. There are lots of different ways of going about it. The artofmemory.com website has some good tips. I forget everything I'm trying to remember, but I won't forget you. I forget the face of 
Lorraine has written the best and most easy to read books on the subject, and there are beginner's methods and more advanced techniques you can learn as you go. I highly recommend starting your journey with Harry Lorraine's Page a Minute Memory Book, which is also available as an audiobook. He literally wrote it in such a way that if you spend no more than a minute per page as you read this book, you could easily learn the memory techniques in the book. It's almost effortless. If you want to study beyond Harry Lorraine's page-a-minute memory book, you could try Moonwalking with Einstein by Joshua Furr, which explores his personal journey from regular guy to becoming a memory champion. There's also the memory book, The Classic Guide to Improving Your Memory, at Work, School and Play by Harry Lorraine and Jerry Lucas. The book expands on their memory techniques, offering more comprehensive instruction and exercises for memory skills in various areas of life. There are several online communities for people who make a hobby of memory techniques and tricks. Artofmemory.com has many good tutorials and a really good forum. These are ancient techniques, but people who learn to use them have an edge over those who don't. And if you naturally have trouble memorizing things by brute force, or like me you had an unfortunate illness damage your memory, then these techniques can really help you in everyday life and in anything you want to remember. Looking after your health, being organized and learning an ancient memory system can really boost your ability to learn new things and recall the things you need to remember. I'm getting smarter every day and my memory's improving too. I'm using mnemonics to help me remember And it's really starting to pay I can remember names and faces And important dates and times I'm never forgetting anything Since I started using mnemonics 
My mind is getting sharper. I can concentrate for hours. I'm reading and learning, and my memory is improving. Every day I'm getting smarter, and my brain is working better too. I'm using mnemonics to help me remember, and my intelligence is growing by leaps and bounds. Today's songs were generated at app.songr.ai, and that's all from us this week on Diffusion. Are you a scientist, artist, biohacker or maker who'd like to be interviewed about your work? Would your company like to sponsor Diffusion? Send your contributions, opinions, helpful suggestions and donations to science at diffusionradio.com. That's science at diffusionradio.com. Please subscribe to the Diffusion Science Radio channel on youtube.com slash c slash diffusionradio and rate the show on iTunes. Tell your friends. Follow me on Twitter at Ian Wolf. The news music was Rhinos Theme by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. I produce Diffusion, which is broadcast around Australia to 28 stations on the community radio network, including Radio Blue Mountains 89.1 FM in New South Wales, 8 C in Alice Springs and Tennant Creek, 2 MVR in Nambucca Valley, 3 MBR in the Mallee Border Districts of Victoria and South Australia, City Park Radio 7LTN in Launceston, Tasmania, and 2XXFM in Canberra. Diffusion is narrowcast on Indigo FM 88 in northeast Victoria. Diffusion is syndicated globally on astronomy.fm. Subscribe to the podcast on the Diffusion website, www.diffusionradio.com. That's www.diffusionradio.com. And check the website for links, photos, and videos about this week's show. If you enjoyed the show, you can explore more than a thousand previous episodes archived on diffusionradio.com, where the shows are labeled by keywords so you can focus in on the stories you want to hear. Make a donation through paypal.me slash ianwolf, or join my patrons at patreon.com slash diffusionradio. I'm Ian Wolf. Join us inside your audio device of choice for more science wondering next week on Diffusion Science Radio. Science is fun. It helps you to learn, to know, and to appreciate. When you study science, you may go on field trips. You discover the marvelous interrelationships between all living things. You learn to read the history of the Earth as it is written in rocks and fossils. You find out what makes things tick. Everything from a molecule to a living organism. In the study of science is found the most useful and satisfying knowledge of man. Knowledge of his physical world, its past, its present, and its future. And in your moments of relaxation, now and in the years to come, you will find the study of science leading you into fascinating pursuits. Photography. Collecting. Why study science? Study science because you will find in the study of science a richer, more rewarding life.